Toby and I don't fret when it comes to quality. The content's what it's there. The audio might not be there, but I'm here and Toby's here. That's all that matters. What's up, man? Uh, nothing much. You know, uh, just been enjoying the weather here in Morgantown. It's been very nice. I've been going outside a lot. I went up to Point Marion uh, yesterday, about 20 minutes from here, and walked the sheepskin trail up there. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying going outside. Yeah, I love it too. I love going outside, but. What about you? Know what about you, man? Where are you? What's up? I love this card. That's what I love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are you gonna ask? I gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, um, where are you at right now? Like, what are, what are you up to? I'm, I'm in a room in Evansville Library where I work. Oh, okay. Okay. So, gotcha. You know, yeah. 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 You, you, this is the, probably the only. This might be the only time I'll record in this room, but we'll see. Um, yeah, there's a different guys, background. You can find us anywhere on campus. I see him everywhere all the time. Yes. You might see me everywhere all the time. Who knows? Yes. But anyway, yeah. um, this card, main card's great. Prelims are pretty good, too. Uh, I mean, Mizuki, who hasn't fought in three years, is back. Uh, she's coming off a loss against Amanda Lemos. Going against uh, probably the most yoked. Uh, <coughs> oh, gosh. <coughs> Dang. Uh, straw weight in the division and Hannah Goldie. Doesn't she usually fight at twenty five? Uh, I don't. I don't know honestly. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it says he right here. Actually, crazy how she can cut down. Those traps are insane. Dude, yeah. But um, yeah, I sound like Joe Rogan talking about Angami. But um, I'm interested to see how Mizuki comes off a three year layoff. I'm not saying Hannah Goldie's like a, a world beater or anything, but this isn't an easy fight to come back to. Because Hannah Goldie's somewhat active in the UFC. So I'm interested to see how Mizuki takes this one. Yeah, this is an odd matchup. Uh, Mizuki, like you mentioned, has been out of the UFC for three years. Uh, hasn't been overly active in that time. Um, just kind of a long layoff. And when she was, you know, she fought Amanda Lemos. She looked okay. I mean, Lemos is a very good fighter. At that point, she wasn't obviously quite as refined as she is now. But she was still dangerous, and Mizuki was able to go to a split decision with her, so that's always a good look. Uh, I mean, Hannah Goldie, you know, for her size, you would think that she's like an extremely physical, powerful person, but she's really not. She's more kind of like a volume striker, um, just kind of likes to press forward and uh, just put a bunch of volume on you. And she has been, she got starched by Molly McCann, which is, has not aged super well. You know, I mean, Molly McCann is okay. I think she's a bit overrated in terms of her actual skill set. But look, Hannah Goldie, uh, you know, she's okay. She's big. She appears strong, although she doesn't really fight like that. And Mizuki actually is quite strong in the cage from what I remember. So I'd favor Mizuki in this one, but you really just can't say because she's been out, she's been out for three years. I mean, it's just a weird fight. <laughs> it's hard to say who's going to win this yeah, one. It's such a weird matchup. That's the only reason we're talking about it because it's like Hannah Goldie's coming down to 115. And Mizuki's coming off three years. So you don't really, you don't know what you're going to get with this fight. I can't even predict it. We just had to mention it. Um, and we do have to keep in mind that Hannah Goldie has an OnlyFans. And there is, uh, I've heard some rumblings that there's this thing called an OnlyFans fade, which is that any fighter who has an OnlyFans immediately stay away from them because they have not been winning recently. So that is something to keep in mind. Here's the thing. Charles Oliver has an OnlyFans. What? <laughs> Well, Char well, Charlie well, Hollis isn't OnlyFans. He doesn't. Well, he, I don't know if you know this, Toby, but only the, the original purpose for OnlyFans was if you, let's say you play guitar, right, and you want to make some money playing guitar, people can subscribe to you playing guitar and your music. 
Right. That right. that was the original purpose of OnlyFans. So, you know, if you want some exclusive Charlie Olive's content, like a blog here and there, you subscribe to his OnlyFans. Kevin Holland has one too. Yeah. It's kind of so, just like a Patreon sort of. Exactly. That's that's pretty much what it was until, you know, the yeah. pandemic ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. Kid show. Kid yeah. show. Kid show. Um, but Mo Usman versus uh Jake Collier, the former middleweight Jake Collier, going up against uh Kamara Usman. These odds are pretty much a pick 'em, but I expect Muhammad Usman to do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um it's not a ton to say about this fight. Uh Mo Usman is not really anywhere near the same level as his brother. Which, you know, of course, like Kamaru Usman, we know how good he is. And Mo Usman, it's okay. You know, um, he got a few takedowns against Junior Tafa, who, who, you know, he's not the hardest guy to take down. I mean, the Tafa brothers are uh, fairly easy to take down. And I think Mo Usman got stuffed quite a bit. He was able, when he did get the takedowns, to control from top position, which is something that I worry about for Collier in this fight because he's a big guy. You know, he is not the most agile well actually he is somewhat kind of like agile for his size but yeah he's quick you know but when people get on top of him like if you have a guy as physical as Muhammad Usman on top of you I don't see Jake Collier exploding out of bottom position you know with some rapid burst of energy and even if he does try to do that I do not trust uh, Jake Collier's cardio now with all that being said He's gone to close decisions with Arlovsky, with Boudet was actually a fairly close decision. I mean, he's okay, you know, he just hasn't, he doesn't end up on the right side of these fights. He's yeah. uh, lost, I think, four out of his last five, something like that. He hasn't been doing great. Uh, clearly, he's not in the best shape, you know. I'm not sure what happened. If I remember, I feel like there was something going on in his personal life, and he really gained a lot of weight, but, you know, so I don't want to be too critical of him on that front, but... If you're a professional fighter, you can't just come in obese, you know, and expect to, you know, perform at your best. So I think, yeah, I'd probably favor Mo Usman in this one. I think he's it's going to be pretty dominant most likely. And it's just not, I don't know, it's a weird fight too. Um, yeah. Not super it's, excited about it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd fight to make, but we'll see what these two guys can do. I got Usman by knockout personally. Um, God, Cody Brundage is already back. Okay. Um Jacob Malcoon versus Cody Brundage. Cody Brundage coming off one of the most boring fights in UFC history when he fought, uh, what's his face? Um, was it uh, Cedric uh, Dumas? Yeah. What's his name? Cedric, Cedric Dumas. Dumas. Yeah. On uh, June 24th. Yeah. That was the Poria card. So, you know, he's back three months. Feels shorter. Um, yeah. But... Malcoon's a, a baller man. Um, he lost his first fight in the UFC back uh, in 2020 against uh, Phil Hawes. But, you know, his only loss after that is Arnold Allen. And, you know, he beat Judo Thunder and stuff. So he has potential. It's not like he's a bum. Um, and I think, I don't think these odds are um, close enough. I don't think he should be a minus 600 favorite, essentially. But I think I think Malcolm gets this done pretty easily. I mean, he has the style, and he's from City Kickboxing. They know what to do over there. And I, I'm just I've never been impressed by Brundage. Yeah, no. Uh, Cody Brundage is one of those guys who you know there are guys who find ways to win, right? Cody Brundage finds ways to lose, no matter what fight he's in. He always somehow manages to pull defeat from the jaws of victory. Like he will be hurting someone, he will be doing very well in a fight. And then somehow just messes it up. He'll pull guillotine seven times in a fight, end up on his back repeatedly when his corner is like, stop pulling the guillotine, stop pulling the guillotine. And he'll just keep doing it. So in terms of who do I trust more in this fight, definitely Jacob Malkoon. I know that Malkoon is a striker. I know that he doesn't have great hands or great kicks or elbows or knees, but he knows that too. He's not going in there trying to be some fancy striker. He's going to go in there and try to get you to the ground. And like you mentioned, yeah, he got knocked out by Phil Haas in his first UFC fight. I think Phil Haas is actually pretty good. You know, he's had some yeah. ups and downs in his career, but I think he's a very talented fighter. And it was like, it was very early in the fight. I think he just got caught. You know, it happens. People get caught. And since then, 
he's gone on a pretty nice run. You know, I think four of his last five are wins, very grappling heavy. He is a dominant, dominant grappler from top position. And if he can stay out of long striking exchanges with Brundage, I do think he's justified to be as big of a favorite as he is. There is always that caveat, though. Brundage is powerful. Like, you know, he hurt a couple of his last opponents. You know, he's got big power in his hands. He's one of those wrestlers who just loads up on that right hand and can hurt you with it. But I just don't see, you know, if, if I'm looking at who do I think will win a fight, a guy who has all these different paths to victory, who I know is going to implement a game plan, or a guy who may potentially land a bomb, I'm definitely going to choose the guy who has the more reliable path to victory. So I think Malcoon gets it done, but I think there is a little bit of danger in Cody Brundage. I just don't trust him to go in there and, you know, fight a smart game plan. Yeah, nor do I. I you, you can't, like you said, you can't trust Brundage to adhere to a game plan. So Malcoon will do it. And yeah, that fight, like you mentioned, was awful last time with Dumas. That was a horrible, or I mean, just painfully boring fight. It sucked. All right. We got a legend fighting Tim Means. This is Andre Fialio. Fialio, you know, he came on strong last week. He fought like three times in two months or something like that. Um, Jake Matthews put him away. Uh, but, you know, I still think this guy has a lot of potential in him. Um, I think he's pretty good. Hits hard. Um, but Tim Means... Um, can't count this guy out ever. He he's always he's a dog. Um, I know he's he's lost three in a row, but you know Alex Morano is on the come up. Kevin Holland, I mean, can't blame him for losing those two. But Fialio, man, if you look at him, you know he's on a three fight skid too. So you know these guys are probably battling not to get cut. And I feel bad for Fialio because I mean this dude got sent to another dimension by Muslim Salikov. I forgot about that one. Um, and then Buckley uh, uh, cleaned his clock. But it's just a fun fight, man. I'm, I'm tuning in this one. I'm excited. Yeah, no, this is a really, really fun fight. Probably one of the better fights, uh, just in terms of entertainment value on the card. And like you said, they're both on three fight skids. But I think the difference here, for me at least, is when you look at Fialio, I mean, this guy is getting brutally knocked out in, in like his last three fights. I mean, Buckley finished him and, um, you know, Salikov finished him. Jake Matthews, I mean, Jake Matthews dismantled this guy. When I was watching that fight, it, it was so one-sided. I, it, I don't even think Fialio landed a single clean shot. Jake Matthews just destroyed him, which was kind of shocking because the two fights previous to that, we saw Fialio do that to his opponents. Now, I will say though, in those fights, he still got hurt a couple of times. I mean, yeah. uh, even against um, Cameron Van Camp, who probably not UFC level, Van Camp did uh, clock him a few times. So Fialio, to me, is very exciting, and I love his offense. Right? He's got good striking. He's a good boxer. But his defense is trash. The guy is not defensively sound whatsoever. Oh. He gets hit way too often. And not saying that Tim Means is some big power puncher or anything, but look, Tim Means can take a shot, right? He went to split decision with Max Griffin just a couple of fights ago. And Max Griffin is a super tough dude. So, you know, I, I think that Tim Means can deal with the power. I think if he wants to wrestle, I think, you know, I don't know how much success he'll have, but I think it'll be there a little bit. Um, I think he'll be able to, he probably has an advantage on the ground when it comes to a submission game. So I don't know. I, I would almost lean Tim Means in this fight, but there is the reality that he's 39 Fialio's not like super young or anything, but I think he's, you know, 32, 33. So he is significantly younger than Tim Means. Uh, so it's, it's a tough matchup to pick, but man, just seeing these last three fights from Fialio, oh man, I, I don't know. It's hard to pick a guy who's been knocked out three straight times, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree too. And Tim Means is getting old, but he, you know, he's a crappy vet. I think, I think, I mean, the, the odds are almost to pick him as well. So, I'll go with Tim Means, but you know, Fialio touches that chin. I, that's where I, that's where I'd win. Um, yeah. Fun bantamweight fight. Um, Dan Argetta versus Miles Johns. Um, if you want some heat, guys, this is gonna be a good one. Um, I like Miles Johns a lot, actually. I think he's pretty good. Um, spicy guy. Uh, but you know, unranked bantam. I mean, bantamweight stack. I mean, it, I think it's one of the more stacked divisions. Uh, I don't know about this one. 
it'll, it'll be good, but I, I, for me, it's a pick him. I, I think it's a coin flip for me because if one of these guys makes a mistake, the other guy's going down. That's really how I see this fight going. Yeah, this is a super fun matchup. Miles Johns is he's kind of fl uh, flown under the radar a little bit in the bantamweight division. Yes. This guy is very, very talented. Um, he's got a lot of good wins so far in the UFC. And even if you look at his losses, I mean, losing to Mario Bautista, not a bad loss. What's, Bautista is going to be in the top 15 very, very soon. Losing to John Castaneda. I mean, Sexy Mexi, that dude is good. Sexy Mexi is a good fighter, man. Yeah. So Miles Johns, he's a beast. You know, I remember, uh, I think Miles Johns first caught my attention in the UFC when he knocked that guy out and the guy like fell backwards sort of and did like a half back handspring it was like an uppercut and the guy i don't even i've never seen anything like it but his knees bent and he just went like this and fell backwards so if anybody wants to watch that i can't remember who the guy was but look up like miles john's uppercut knockout and you'll probably find it so he you know but the thing is miles john's is a wrestler traditionally um he came into the ufc very wrestle heavy and then he found that knockout shot and he fell in love with it a little bit so i would like to see him go back to his wrestling a little bit but i'm not sure i mean this fight is very tough uh dan argueta is an extremely talented and relentless wrestler so uh, he actually he made his debut in the ufc against damon jackson up a weight class and this dude is only five seven i mean you've got some featherweights in there i think damon jackson is like five eleven so Argueta is a full, you know, four or five inches shorter probably than Damon Jackson. And he fought him to a close decision. It was a tough uh, fight. So even if, I mean, he had a good win after that. And then in his last one, he was kind of dominating Ronnie Lawrence. And it was that uh, Keith Peterson stoppage where Keith Peterson basically forced Ronnie Lawrence to tap, like pushed his hand. And it was like, oh, I see the tap. And it's like, well, you see a tap because you pushed his hand into a tapping motion. But anyway, I think Argueta would have won that fight. I do agree that this is probably a pick em, but I think I think I'm going to lean Argueta just a little bit. But man, I don't know. Miles Johns is a super talented guy. Yeah, you, you know, Miles Johns has been fighting over a year, or almost a year, pretty much ten months. Beat my boy Vince Morales. Vince, love you, dog. But um, yeah, this is tough. I think if Miles Johns wants to use his wrestling, I think he wins this fight. But if if he if he's in love with the knockout, or I think Argueta. Is a better striker than he is, but dude, this is a banger. I'm excited for this. Um, the main card, Ricardo Hamas versus Charles Jordan. Um, I think Jordan's a savage. Um, what he did to uh Shane Burgos in the last round of that of their fight back in July of last year, he's 10 8 of them, <laughs> I think. Um, but Ricardo Hamas is no slouch, man. Um, pretty sure Hamas. Fought at lightweight his last fight um, against Tukagov. But, dude, this is a good fight, man. Um, also, a pick him essentially. Geez, lots of, lots of pick him on this one. Yeah, I think, lots of close fights. Yeah, this is this is banger written all over it. And this is a great way to kick off the main card. Yeah, this is an incredibly fun fight. Um, I really, I do like this card, uh, and I think I like it so much because so many of these fights are close to pickums. Um, you see some of these recent cards where, you know, like seven out of the 11 fights, you have people that are minus 300, 400, something like that. So it's nice to see, you know, such even matchups. And this is a very tough one to choose because Charles Jordan is a dog. He is an incredibly fun fighter to watch. And so is Ricardo Hamas. I mean, this guy throws probably more spinning elbows in his fights than almost anybody in the whole UFC. Like this dude is always throwing spinning elbows and actually landing them fairly often. I mean, in his last fight, he brutally knocked out Danny Chavez with a spinning elbow. So he's a dangerous striker. And he's also got pretty good jujitsu, not great wrestling. He's not one of those guys that's going to take you down and work from there. Um, he kind of just has to hope that it ends up on the ground and then do some work. And Jordan does have a bit of a hole, right? Like his wrestling is not great, especially defensively. He can get taken down. He can get controlled. And I think if I remember correctly in that fight with Burgos, he kind of turned Burgos into a wrestler, didn't he? Cause they were standing and banging and Burgos was yeah. like, nah, I think I'm just going to take you down a bunch. So, you know, a guy with the hands of Shane Burgos. He is a very good boxer. So for Charles Jordan to go in there and turn him into a wrestler says a lot about the striking of Charles Jordan. Mm -hmm. He is a, a very high level striker. 
Um, and he's, he's got subs, you know, like his wrestling isn't great. Like I said, but he subbed Lando Venata, I believe if I remember that correctly. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's got good submissions. Um, uh, so I don't know, this is a super tough fight to pick. Uh, I'm probably going to lean Jordan. I think that even with the hole in the wrestling game, I really don't think Ramos is going to come in and be super wrestle heavy or anything. I think no. it's going to be a fun stand up war. And if I'm going to favor Jordan in that type of matchup. Yeah, I mean, if he if he can get out of a firefight against Shane Burgos, I, I I think he can go in there in a firefight and beat Ricardo Hamas. But and again, it's a firefight and anything can happen. So that's what makes this fight fun. Um, Ryan Battle versus AJ Fletcher. Ryan Battle coming off a 15 second win against Gabe Green. Um, Fletcher, um, coming off a win too. So both 10 and two guys. Uh, I see Battle taking this one pretty easily, man. Um, he he's very exciting. Who was his only like UFC loss? I can't remember who it was. Fakhradinov, Hinat, Fakhradinov, Hinat, Fakhradinov. Yeah, okay. There's no shame in that loss. Dude, um, had uh 14 minutes of control time in that fight. In a 15 yeah, minute like, fight. Dominant. Um, guys, we're not the real deal. You and I have been talking about that this ever since. So oh my not god, is the real deal. Um. Put put some uh, yes. stock into this guy, but you he know, can be champion talking, quite soon. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. You know, but you know he beat Trayshawn Gore, he beat Takashi Sato, like lots of some those those are not like bum wins. Ryan Battle's good wins. You know AJ Fletcher is no slouch. That's why the odds are very very close. You know, beating Lusa. No, Lusa beat him. That's right. Um, Grimbo, Dude, like, he had Angelusa on skates, so he had him hurt yeah, very bad. Yeah. But, but yeah, this is, I, I don't see this getting out like round two at the latest because I think these guys are just both going to go at it. It's going to be a fun fight. Yeah, this is an, another amazing matchup. Um, something we do have to mention about AJ Fletcher, it's kind of funny. He does have like the shortest limbs of anybody that you will ever oh see. I mean, gosh. this guy has. Look at his tiny little arms and legs, man. He really does have super short limbs. And Brian Battle is a long guy. Um, I will say, so Brian Battle, I I love this dude. I mean, I'm super high on Brian Battle. Ever since he came into the UFC off of the Ultimate Fighter, he's been finishing people, right? So uh, he finished Urbina in his first fight. He didn't finish Treshawn Gore, but he's pretty tough. I mean, he that head kick of Takashi Sato was beautiful, destroyed him. And I was live. I, I got to see the knockout of Gabe Green down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Brian Battle is from Charlotte. It was a wild moment, even though he missed weight for that fight, which is something that we should mention. He didn't come in a few pounds overweight for that fight. Dana still gave him the bonus for uh, performance of the night or whatever they call it, um, like finish of the night. And it was incredible being there live. So I'm a huge Brian Battle guy. But this is a tough matchup. I mean, AJ Fletcher is an extremely tough guy. He was getting beat up badly by uh, Angelusa in that fight at one point. And then he just took the uh, punishment. And when Lusa tired out a little bit, he started the damage on him. So he's not going to go away. And I agree. I think I would tend to believe that this fight isn't going to go uh, to uh, the scorecards. But both these guys are super tough. You look at Brian Battle. And people will say like, oh, he got taken down all these times by Fakhradinov and, uh, you know, he gave up seven takedowns in 14 minutes of control time. You know what that tells me, though, is that Fakhradinov could not finish him. Fakhradinov could not hold him down. I mean, he could, but he had to keep doing it over and over. My, um, Brian Battle got up multiple times in that fight. And yes, Fakhradinov kept taking him down. But a lot of those minutes of control time were him holding him against the cage because Brian Battle had gotten up. And yes, that is him getting controlled. But as we talked about, Fakhradinov is one of the best wrestlers in the entire UFC. So it's really no shame in that. And he finishes everybody else. So I think that that's kind of a badge of honor, if you ask me, for Brian Battle, is that he would he was just able to survive with Fakhradinov yeah. in there. So, you know... I think that Brian Battle is the much more dangerous guy. Um, yeah, I think Brian Battle gets it done, man. I think he gets it done in spectacular fashion. I think he's going to be the guy to crack AJ Fletcher's chin. I think he's going to hurt him bad. I think he's going to finish him with some ground and pound. That's my yeah, prediction. I could see that too. You know, what you said there was, you know, it's a badge of honor to survive Fokker Dino. That, that, that just shows you how good this dude is, guys. Um, yeah. So, 
they better give him some oh, right yeah, I will say about Brian Battle, too. You look at him, his first fight in the UFC against Urbina, and you just look at his uh, body composition. He was not in great shape. You know, he d- probably wasn't cutting too much. But you look at him now, he is every fight he gets more shredded and he looks in better shape. So Brian Battle is clearly putting in the work in the gym. He is taking this seriously. I think he's every fight. He just makes improvements. And I hope that this one goes a bit longer than like 14 or 40 seconds, like a couple of his previous fights, because I want to see his well-rounded skills. I want to see that cardio, you know, I want to see him get tested a little bit. So I'm expecting a very fun fight. I'm thinking second round or third round TKO by Brian Battle. Same here. All right, guys. I'll be back in a second. You got to hit the can. All right, back. All right. Rodriguez uh, versus Watterson Gomez. Uh, I don't. I'm just ready to see Watterson punch some air, bro. That's all I'm excited for. Um, she she hates oxygen. Uh, but in all, all seriousness, I see Rodriguez absolutely dominating this fight. Um, they fought May of 21, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. I mean, I guess Rodriguez needs to get back on track, but I don't know. I, I just don't see what, how Watterson gets these high uh, level fights each time because I don't think she's really that good. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a Michelle Watterson Gomez hater. I really do not like her fights. She is pretty boring in there. Like, she's tough. If there's nothing else, she is tough and she will persevere and she will typically not get finished. I mean, she has been finished before. I know you hate people saying that, but it's true. You know, she's she's a tough woman, so I'll give her that. But yeah, like you mentioned, she hits air a lot. And just to give you an idea, in her fight with Angela Hill, which I thought that Angela Hill won that fight, Michelle Watterson was 110 of 300 from distance. So she was missed 190 strikes from this. I mean, she misses all the time. I don't, it's so annoying watching her fight because she's one of those fighters. And this is particularly, um, this happens a lot in women's MMA. I think Caitlin Chukagan is another great example of this is sometimes you just hear them like a tennis player. They go like, uh, uh, when they throw a punch or something. And for some reason, the judges think that that means the punch is landing or the kick is Ending just because they're making some expressive noise. It's like, I don't understand how judges still fall for this. Michelle Watterson Gomez has zero power. She does not hurt anybody. Okay. She is a terrible wrestler. She, you know, she's not going to get a uh, good take. She was one of 18 on takedowns against Angela Hill. And Angela Hill is not a particularly good, I mean, she has pretty bad takedown defense generally. So for, I mean, Michelle Watterson Gomez just doesn't have a lot of skill. Um, not to be rude or anything, but you look at their last fight and Rodriguez was piecing her up. It, it was pretty clear in my opinion, like three to two, if not four to one for Rodriguez. Yeah. So to run this, to run this back, it's like, I mean, I'm not really sure why they're doing it. I think the only reason I guess this fight would make sense is that they're both on losing streaks because Rodriguez has lost uh, two straight and Michelle Watterson Gomez has lost three straight, including the one loss to Rodriguez. So I guess, Look, I guess whoever loses this fight gets cut. You know, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, I, I don't think Rodriguez you know, from that standpoint. But... I don't think Rodriguez. Well, yeah, I guess cut. probably probably not Rodriguez, but yeah. I mean, look at I, I don't know, man. Doba is underrated in my opinion. I think she's a great fight. Yeah, she's pretty. She's and pretty Amanda Lemos yeah. just fought for the title, so like I can yeah, see Gomez yeah, getting yeah. cut. Yeah, no, I I agree definitely. Um, even if she wins this fight, I say just cut her anyway, because you know why? Like, who cares? And for some reason, they're always just sticking her in main events. I like she's gotten several, main... yeah, or high up on the card. Like, the uh, Rodriguez fight was a main event, the Angela Hill fight was a main event. Like, what are we doing? I mean, that was actually not a bad fight, though. I mean, in hindsight, it's not, it, it was bad. not bad, no. yeah, but like, just the fact really... that they thought about making that was. A bit suspect. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Rodriguez easily wins this fight. I don't think it's going to be super close. With that being said, though, pretty much any women's MMA fight is going to be somewhat close unless it's like an insane skill discrepancy. So like, it's probably going to uh, be like a, a 29-28 or something. Yeah. I don't know. This, this isn't the Shevchenko-Lauren Murphy discrepancy. 
No, or or like that woman recently, um, Josephine Knutson or whatever versus Marnik Man. You know, it's not like that, but yeah, I think Rodriguez is just better everywhere. Yeah. Although Rodriguez has really been disappointing her last two fights. Um, her wrestling needs a ton of work, and even her striking, like her striking is really good, but yeah, I mean her grappling and wrestling is is pretty terrible. So she's got to work on that. I mean, uh, uh. I mean, Rodriguez isn't young or anything. He's 34, I'm pretty sure. 36. So, like, yeah. She's on the tail end of her career. So, this is really like her last chance to get back on track. So, we'll see. Um, co main event, guys. Danny Gay versus the UFC's self proclaimed cash cow, Bryce Mitchell. Um, yeah, no, Bryce Mitchell's not the cash cow. And, uh, dude, you lost to Pretoria, uh, very fair and square. Um, I know you're like, oh, I'm six. Shouldn't have gone in then. But anyway, this is fun. This is a good chance for Danny Gay to get back into the top ten. I think he can. I I think Bryce Mitchell. I think Danny Gay is striking in this fight. If if he could, his jab is his jab is true. His jab is true. So I think if he could uh, land his jab a lot in this fight. I think Bryce Mitchell is going to have a tough time with Danny Gay. Like that's going to be a hard fight. Uh, and and Danny Gay's not horrible on the ground either, so I, yeah, we'll see, man. I don't, I, I think Gay takes this, but it's going go either way. And like I said, if Danny Gay could stick up that jab, he, he, this is his fight to lose. Yeah, no, I agree, actually. Um, when I first saw this fight, my immediate reaction was that Dan Gay's Dan Ige is going to win. And I know a lot of people are super high on Bryce Mitchell for whatever reason, even though he got absolutely obliterated in his last fight. And sure, Ilya Teporia is probably a future champion. He is probably the biggest threat to Volkanovski in the featherweight division. I, I get that. But he dominated. I mean, it was not even competitive. And Bryce Mitchell is a guy who was on like a six-fight win streak, albeit you know, the level of competition was not incredible. Like Barboza, that's a good win. Andre Feely, that's a good win. Outside of that, he hasn't really fought anybody super high level in the UFC. And we've seen his striking has made some improvements. Uh, his striking was, you know, okay against Barboza. It looked better than it had before. His striking, you know, he looked all right against Deporia in some moments. Um, but yeah, I think Bryce Mitchell is just a bit overrated in my opinion. I, I don't think his wrestling is is as good as people think it is. I really don't know why Bryce Mitchell has this. There's just a narrative that he's some dominant wrestler yeah. who just, it's like, where did that come? I mean, who who decided that Bryce Mitchell was such a good wrestler? I mean, he's a good grappler, but. Yeah, here's my thing. Like, if he gets you on the ground, good luck. Like, yeah. have fun. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. But we saw against Saporia, like, his wrestling. I mean, granted, Bryce Mitchell was sick, I guess, but. He got absolutely dominated in the grappling department by Deporia in all facets. And I know this is a little sidebar. Can't stand how Joe Rogan was like, going into Mitchell's world. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> well, and, you know, on the flip side, too, there's this other narrative that Dan Ige is some awful wrestler. Oh, my God, this guy can't defend a takedown. Oh, really? Okay, let's see who's taking him down. Mosvar Ivlaev. Hmm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy is a decent wrestler. I think Ivlaev is a okay wrestler, right? I mean, he's pretty good. Uh, Mirshad Bektik. Mirshad Bektik is an incredible wrestler. That's the one thing that he has done very well throughout his career. Who? Chan Sung Jung. A lot of people forget Chan Sung Jung was a wrestler. The dude came up into the UFC as a wrestler, and he just developed really good boxing. So all the people that have been able to get Dan Ige down to the ground have been incredible wrestlers. I don't think Bryce Mitchell is as good of a wrestler as any of those guys. And he does have better grappling than probably all of them, maybe the exception of Evil AF. But there's a lot of things I just don't like about Bryce Mitchell. I, For one, I really don't like all the excuses that he's been making uh, about the Taporia fight. Oh, I was sick. Oh, I, you know, this and that. Okay, like you said, well, maybe you just shouldn't have fought then or... I don't know. You know, there are a lot of guys in the UFC who go into fights with broken hands and with uh, illnesses and all kinds of things wrong with them, and they still go in there, and if they lose, they don't make excuses. So I really don't like that. And also, there's a bunch of things going on in his life right now that are distractions, like all the stuff with his ex-girlfriend, the you know, all the 
trash he's been the weird stuff he's been saying about hawaii you know dan Ige is a hawaiian so you know to say like the government is behind the maui fires i'm not sure that's a good thing to be talking about before you fight a guy from hawaii so i i just think bryce mitchell is a clown personally i think as a person he is a clown and i really don't respect him and as a fighter, I think he's overrated. So not a big fan of Bryce Mitchell here. Uh, maybe that makes me biased in this pick, but I think Dan, I think Dan Ige, I think he dominates. I think Dan Ige can stuff the yeah. takedowns, and I think he's going to destroy Bryce Mitchell on the feet. So yeah, hey, I think so too. Call me call me biased if you want, but I, I think Ige gets it done. Yeah, yeah. Bryce Mitchell doesn't give himself enough trying to fight. Like I. Don't, He's a good fighter, but like you don't give me enough things to go off of to make me be like, oh, I hope this guy gets better. Yeah, like like all like his uh flat Earth conspiracy stuff. I'm like, dude, stop it. Yeah, you could literally, you can. They literally had to make the Brooklyn Bridge a different height on each side because of the curvature of the Earth. So, <laughs> literally, how it works. So, anyway, yeah. uh. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just move on. Fazeev versus Gamrot. Great fight. Um, two great fighters. Uh, Fazeev, great striker. Gamrot, great grappler. Um, I don't know how, um, what's his face? Daryush didn't send him to another dimension. But this is, this is, this has heat written all over it. The odds are a pick them pretty much. So, Bet who you who you want to bet on. It, it, this this fight really depends on where it goes. I, I think Mikhail Gamrot has a better chance of standing on the feet and banging than Fazeev has of getting on the ground with Gamrot. Because I think Gamrot, outside of Oliveira and Dariush, maybe is probably the best grappler in the division. Because he doesn't stop with his takedown. If he's trying to take you down, he's going to change things together. He's like Kobe Covington in that sense. He's just going to change things together. We'll talk about Kobe Covington a little later. But um, this is this is a banger. Um, I'm excited for this fight. I love Gamma. I love Fazeev. Just let the fireworks begin, I'd say. Yeah, this is one of the best fights, uh, one of the best matchups that they've done in quite some time. I'm super excited about this one. I'm going to favor Fazeev in this fight. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because you look at Gamrot and he is a relentless wrestler. He puts a pace on you. There have been questions about Fazeev's cardio, right? And he does, Fazeev throws everything into every shot. This guy does not know what it means to take staying off his punches. I mean, he throws full power into everything, but he is incredible. I mean, his striking is top tier. You could make an argument that he won the Gaethje fight. I mean, personally, I did think Gaethje took that 29-28, but it was super close. I think people kind of remember the damage that Fazeev took on that one, and they think that it was some like beatdown by Justin Gaethje. It was not a beatdown. That was a very close fight. And keep in mind, too, with the narrative about the wrestling, uh, Fazeev stuffed, what, 16, 18 takedowns against Rafael Dos Anjos, who is a an incredible wrestler in his own right and not to mention finished him in the fifth round so for all the talk about the wrestling and the cardio he stuffed 18 takedowns by a wrestler and then finished him in the final round of a five-round fight i think that tells you a lot about fazeev and the improvements that he's made and something that really concerns me about gamrat you look at his last three fights he was knocked down by Jalen Turner. He was knocked down by Benil Daryush. He was knocked down by Armand Sarukin. Even going back to the Garam Kurutalate fight, he was knocked down in that one. Even in the fights that he's won and dominated, he's been, you know, hurt or pieced up at one point. So Gamrot has a huge hole when it comes to his striking defense. He is very relentless and he pressures you well. And his striking isn't bad by any means, his offensive striking, but he just doesn't have good defense. And I get that people will look at that and say, well, he's always gotten back up. Yeah, we said that about Tony Ferguson forever. And I'm not saying that Gamrod, I'm not saying his chin is shot or that he's like Tony, but I'm just saying there are these guys who fight with that style. They get knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. And everyone's like, oh, it's, it's you know, they'll just keep doing that. When you're facing a guy like Rafael Fazeev with the power and the technique and the accuracy that he has, you can't make those mistakes. You can't get hit with those clean shots and fight through it. I think Fazeev is going to find the chin. Actually, 
Yeah, I know Fazeev is going to find the chin at some point in this fight because everybody does on camera. I mean, literally yeah. everyone he fights finds his chin at some point. And I think Fazeev has the power and the precision to finish it. It yeah. will be dangerous if Gamrot can chain together these takedowns because, like you mentioned, he is a great chain wrestler. His scrambles are incredible. I think Gamrot is a fantastic fighter. Cannot trust his chin and his uh, defense in this fight against such a dangerous striker. But I think both these guys are incredible, and this is such a fun matchup. Yeah, and you make the point about not being able to trust uh, Gamrot's chin. Like, I completely agree. It's... If I could trust his chin, I would be much more keen on him winning this fight. And I think he, I'd probably bank on it, to be honest. But Fazeev's just very precise. If you look at his uh, – what's his striking numbers? Like, he lands 51% of his significant strikes. Something's going to hit. Like, especially at lightweight, that's a really good accuracy. 50%. That's a great clip. Same with camera. Solid stuff. But, I mean, yeah, Fazeev's takedown defense, 90%. And this this number's skewed because he just changed things together. Thirty one percent for Gamma on the takedown. He just changed together. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm excited. This will be fun. I I I I, I think Gamma will win this by decision. But I don't know. I don't know. This is no, tough. One. I could see that. I could see that for sure. I just. You know, you look back at um, the Moicano fight, for example. I, I I think Moicano is a very talented guy. I think he's a really good fighter, and he's got a great chin. And he got finished by Fazeev. You know, Fazeev stopped him in his tracks. And uh, I don't know, man. You know, anybody who stands and bangs with Justin Gaethje for three rounds, that's a tough dude. That is a tough, tough yep. dude to get out of there. So, Absolutely. I, I don't know, man. But, it, yeah. yeah, man, it is, it is tough to say because Gamrot – He's that dude, man. He's a really, really good fighter as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Tell me, we have much to discuss. So, yeah, Wednesday, Uncle Dana, you know, he's giving the people what we want, just as usual. We all have Dana White privilege. Let's be honest here. Um, he announced three title fights. No, uh, we'll start with December. So, the main event, Edwards versus Covington. Great way to end the year. December 16th, I graduate college that day. The co-main, Pantoja versus Roy Val. I am so excited for Brandon Roy Val. But this is easily, by far, not even close, what I'm about to tell y'all, the greatest co-main event of all time. Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. This fight is going to be amazing. There's no way. This is the most primal UFC fight ever. Let's be honest here. We got the guy who screams in the middle of the woods in Eastern Europe versus uh, the native Brazilian. Um, dude, I I could care less about Covington and Edwards and Pantoja and Roy Val. This is the fight I am looking the most forward to outside of Jones and Miocic. This is going to be amazing. I am. I have no words. When I saw this, I got when he texted me that I got so excited, and I watched Uncle Dana's announcement. I'm so excited, bro. This is the best, like I said, co-main event of all time. I don't even think it's close. This could main event and do numbers. Yeah, we are getting a little bit spoiled here. That's for sure. I mean, you look at <laughs> UFC 294. We've got uh, Islam and Charles coming up soon. We've got Hamza and Paulo Costa as the co-main event on that fight. Then 295, we're getting John Jones and Stipe for the heavyweight belt. You've got the greatest fighter of all time versus probably the greatest heavyweight of all time. And then as the co-main, we're getting blessed with these two absolute warriors. Like you mentioned, the most primal fight in UFC history, Yuri Prohashka and Alex Pereira. Legitimate, like, tribal warriors. It is insane. I mean, what an incredible fight. I think, you know, Alex Pereira, I, I think that Pereira sometimes his fights can be a little bit underwhelming because he is so much of a counter uh, striker. If there's anybody who's going to bring a fight out of this guy and turn this into a war, it is Yuri Prohashka. This guy does not know how to walk backwards. I mean, he is constantly moving forward. Oh my God. I, I, dude, I cannot wait for this fight. This is one of the most exciting fights that has ever been announced in the UFC. Yeah, and it's for a title. That's the crazy and part. It's for a it's title. It's for a title. And, and Here's the thing. You know, I, I hate I love it's interesting how the consensus on MMA Twitter is that Pereira's just gonna run through this guy. But I'm like I'm not sure, man. 
I'm like, Yuri is so off rhythm with his striking that Pereira might not yeah. be able to find the target because his whole yeah. thing is relying on counter striking and finding your rhythm, finding the opponent's rhythm. He might not be able to find that rhythm against Prohaska. And Prohaska has that piston of a right hand too. And I mean, Pereira doesn't have the best chin. It's not a, it's not terrible by any means, but yeah. you know, if Yuri finds that right hand, dude, it could be lights out. No, I think I think that's a great point that you make. Um, look at a guy like Bruno Silva, for example. Bruno Silva is far less powerful and far worse of a striker. Not that he's bad, but just far worse of a striker than Yuri Prohaska. Bruno Silva gave Alex Pereira a lot of trouble just by walking him down and throwing shots that were a bit out of rhythm. I mean, Yuri Prohaska, like you mentioned, this dude doesn't have a rhythm. He just throws he fl- I mean, flows throughout the fight and just chains weird techniques together that work. They just simply work. And yeah, he does have chin issues as well. He gets dropped in his fights and he was nearly, I mean, he was seconds away from getting finished by Dominic Reyes in that fight. But at the same time, Alex Pereira has been finished. And recently too, he got starched by Adesanya. Even in the first fight, he got uh, almost knocked down by Adesanya as well. So I think, yeah, anybody who believes that Pereira is just going to destroy Prohashka, I just don't think it's going to be that type of fight. Pereira loves having these clean kickboxing matches. And if there's anything you can say about Yuri Prohashka is that he does not fight in a clean, controlled manner. This guy is the definition of disorder, is what I would say about Yuri Prohashka. I do. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) I, I think that this is going to be just an incredibly fun war. I actually am favoring Prohashka in this one, but man, it's going to be, I cannot wait for that. I, I, you know what else? I, is, dude, you know what else is going to be an absolute war? Pantoja but, and Roy Val, man. Oh my God. Brandon Roy Val, ever since this dude came to the UFC and was it uh, Tim Elliott that he fought first? But then the Kai Car France fight where he got uh, dropped badly by Kai Car France. And as soon as he stood up, spun into a back elbow, knocked down Kai Car France. As soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, this guy is going to be a lot of fun in the yeah. UFC. So he had a, he had a couple setbacks. Um, the Moreno fight, a lot of people actually forget he was injured in that fight. Like it yeah. shows up as a TKO, but he blew his shoulder out completely in that fight. And then the Pantoja one, look, we know how good Pantoja is. I mean, hey, he's the champion right now. So after that, uh, Roy Val went on a nice three-fight win streak, got a couple of finishes. This dude is a monster. He is super aggressive. I mean, both these guys are insanely aggressive. Both these guys have incredible cardio. In terms of like skill and action, this is one of the best fights pound for pound that oh, you could make sure. because flyweights, we know how skilled flyweights are relative to the rest of the UFC. DC has actually mentioned this on broadcast where the flyweights and the bantamweights, it's just a whole different skill level that you have to be at compared to the rest of the UFC. Just, I mean, it, it's incredible, man. I think that, I don't know who I'd favor in this fight, honestly, but yeah. it's going to be unbelievable. It's tough. And then at, right after that, we have Edwards versus Covington. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sick and tired of the people saying like, you know, Covington doesn't deserve it. All this stuff. Maybe he's not the most deserving, but outside Edwards, this dude gave Usman easily the best run for his money, and you could argue that he won won that second fight. You could argue that. Yeah. I thought, I thought, you could argue, absolutely argue, round two of that fight, ten eight Usman. You could argue that he knocked him down twice, but sure, those last three rounds Covington won, and I thought it was pretty clear. So, yeah, I, no, I agree. I, I I get why he's getting the title shot. And Bilal Muhammad, stop saying you deserve it more because you couldn't beat Gilbert Burns who had one arm. Stop it. Just stop it. I can't I can't stand Bilal Muhammad. I know you're on a nine-fight win streak. Good for you, man. Great. But you couldn't beat Gilbert Burns who had one arm? Like, that's, that's insane. Do you... Do you yeah, I think I think what's his face, Leon Edwards would destroy would have destroyed uh, Gilbert Burns if he had that opportunity. One arm, like, come yeah. on, dude. I think I think Leon would beat the wall anyway. I mean, he he already did. He was he was well on his way, well on yeah. his way. Like, yeah, I mean that fight didn't go like super deep or anything, but he was probably going to win that. He was piecing up the law. Like, yeah, I'm he was. sorry, he was piecing him up. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. But, but yeah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I'm just glad Covington's getting the fight. 
dude, can you imagine? We'll have Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland, and possibly Colby Covington as champs by the end of the year. It's wild, man. And then we'll have four and American the... champs when John Jones defends his title. Yeah. Or when exactly, Steve wins. Exactly. We could have four American champs regardless. Well, okay. I mean, come on. I love Stipe, but I'm not seeing win. that. That's why I'm like anything can happen. It's heavyweight. Yeah, it could happen. Hey, yeah. I just, man, you know, Stipe, man, it's just, it's a bit concerning coming off that long of a layoff and coming off not a win, a brutal knockout loss to Francis Ngannou. It's like, that's a little bit concerning, but, you know, I mean, hey, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I never want to doubt Stipe because there have been many points throughout his career where Stipe has been doubted and he has proved people wrong time and time again. And you just look at this guy's title run, first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout. I mean, he's a he's incredible, man. I love Stipe. I just, John Jones is, that's a, that's a what can you say about him? Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. Simple, simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we know Stipe can adjust in a fight. And that's really something that I, I think the best fighters, I mentioned this before, the guys that can adjust mid-fight. And of course, John Jones is the king of that. But you look at yeah. Stipe in that uh, Cormier fight where he just started landing that liver shot. I mean, that was incredible. That was beautiful yeah. what he did but in that fight. There's, there's no one that adjusts better in the fight than John Jones. That's the thing. Yeah. If, if Stipe yeah, thinks he's going to switch something to adapt to Jones, John Jones is already adapting to something else. Yes. All right. I got to get out of here. But, Toby, you got anything else to Because that's the big news, man. We, we covered the big news. Uh, no, I don't really have anything else to add. I will say that this uh, fight night card with um, Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barboza actually looks pretty good. You've got uh, Jonathan Martinez and Adrian Yanez on that card, which oh, is incredible. Fight. Such a good fight. Um, Marc-Andre Burial and Michelle Pereira. So that's a fun one. A Christian fight. Rodriguez and Cameron Simone, dude. Come on, man. C-Rod <laughs> and Simone, banger. You got Darren Elkins and TJ Brown. You got Terrence McKinney and Chris Duncan. I mean, come on, man. That's a that's a banger. That's a good card. That is a very good card. I think Chris Duncan's out of that fight. Oh, what? I think, I think on, McKinney man. said something, but, dude, if it's McKinney, it's going to be a good fight. Winner, him, winner, Yeah, win. for sure. Yeah, he's been active, too. He fought yeah. pretty recently. I don't get why people hate on him. It's like, dude, this guy fights all the time and everything. Every, yeah. every time he's in there, it's fun. Um, Hold on. I think He's super active, yeah. Um, So, Fakhrdinov is scheduled to fight Elise Zaleski Dos Santos. So, Ooh. I, I think that's fun matchup. So, that's a good matchup. But I got to get dude, out of here. A... All right, man. I'll yeah. let you go. Keep going, man. Keep going. Sit, sit, finish your thoughts. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's a fun matchup. And don't sleep on, on Zaleski Dos Santos. That dude is no. a very good fighter, he's even though he's pretty old, I think. He's but he's a beast. But anyway, we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Peace.